Devon. I'm here with another episode of Currently Benching, the podcast about all things TV and movies. If you're listening for the first time, welcome. Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my points on. Also, take a few extra seconds to rate, comment, all greatly appreciated. So yeah, we are here to discuss Thor Love and Thunder because this is Marvel and it is a comic related thing. I am going to give my longer version of warning. So this is a solo hostess show. It is just me. I am human. I can make mistakes. I can repeat myself. All those great things. There will be spoilers for anything related to the MCU. Um, Just putting that out there. I'm not sure what I would spoil, but like there's potential. So if you haven't seen everything, um, you could be spoiled. Also, I am not the comic book expert. I can count on one hand how many, oh my gosh, I haven't done this in a while. I can count on one hand how many comics I've actually read. I am just a lover of the movies and TV shows. So you can like have things that you know that could be true and we can debate them, but like it will all be done respectfully. So let's get into this. Love, Thor, Thor, Love and Thunder. Here we go already. So I was thinking about this. I was like, do I have a lot to say about Thor, Love and Thunder? I mean, I've been feeling like this a lot, especially for like the MCU content where like I watch it and I'm like, hmm, like I have things to say, but is it a lot of things? I don't know. And then I start talking it out and then I end up having a lot of things to say. I do have a few notes that I want to hit on. So before we even get into all of that let's get into what I normally talk about for any movie which is um the ratings and the munties so (laughs) and like who's in this movie so of course Thor we have Chris Hemsworth Natalie Portman Christian Bell Tessa Thompson uh Taika Waititi who also directed this and then uh there's a lot of people in this. We're not going to do, you're not going to do everyone. I think those are like the, the main mains. We do get some appearances from the guardians. So like all of those actors as well, um, as like other people that we see, um, as far as numbers. So Domestically, this just opened. Um, it hasn't been a week just yet. So when this goes live, we'll be a couple of days out from this being in theater, or like a day out from this being in theaters for a week. But opening weekend domestically, it did 144 million, a little over that. Totally, when we totally total when we include um, international numbers, we're looking at about 315. Point five million. I was looking at some article that had like a chart of all of the MCU movies that have released this year so far. Was it just this year or the last two years? Because it, it was a long list and I just don't feel like it had to be the last couple of years. But anyway, this is like right before it is slightly under, I believe, Spider-Man No Way Home. And right above, if I'm remembering correctly, I think it did right above, it had to be the last, the last year's 2021, 2022. It did right above um, Doctor Strange. So like top three. Uh, Cause I think 
as far as Spider-Man is concerned, it did like over like 600 million or something like that. But anyway, so those are the monies. <laughs> Let's talk about scores. Let's do, I think they both make sense to me. So let's do Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes, uh, critic score 67%, audience score 80%. Based on what I've seen in the wild, on the internet, and talking to people, these scores make sense to me. Cinema score B plus also makes sense to me. And I think it kind of ties into what I was seeing both from like critics which I didn't really realize, like, just the titles and stuff, and then, like, glim glimpsing through it, because if you've listened for a while, you know I don't like to read a lot of it, because I don't want it to um, influence my thoughts. Although it's really hard to influence my thoughts, but uh, there's that. But the audience one makes sense to me as well, just because I've seen very split reactions to Thor. So I guess we can just get into it. I did see this at the theater. I have to talk about that. I saw it in IMAX. I saw a matinee. You guys know I love me a matinee. Um, the theater for a Friday, what time was that show at? Like two, I think it was a two o'clock show, 2.15. For a Friday middle of the afternoon show, it was a fair, a fair amount of people at the theater. It wasn't packed but it wasn't empty. Like I've gone to see some Marvel movies in the middle of the afternoon and been like shocked at the number of people who end up being at the theater in, at, in the middle of the day on a Friday. This one, it was like, it's like, oh, it's a lot of people, but it wasn't like, oh, it's a lot of people. So I don't know. It didn't really stand out to me. Um, as far as the audience reception watching the movie, I don't know who was in, at the front of the theater. <laughs> But they were in it all the way, like super geeked. There was one um, lady who was in like the row in front of me who was super pumped during the mid and end credit scenes, like the only one. A lot of people got up and left before even the mid credit scene, which was weird. Cause I'm like, usually a matinee middle of the afternoon is like the people who really want to see the Marvel movies are there, which is why I like to go to those. Cause then, you know, I feel like I'm among friends <laughs> and I usually have a more enjoyable um, viewing experience. But um, she was very, very or like a lot of people got up and left. Like it wasn't even like they were at the bottom of the stairs, like waiting. They just straight up left. I was like, OK, do you guys know something? I don't know, because I know they're supposed to be a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. So we're just going to wait it out. It was really weird. Um, but yeah, other than that, I mean, it was a pretty chill experience. It wasn't, I've been to some super hyped, uh, Marvel screenings and this was one more on the tame side. It wasn't as much. And it also wasn't a lot of like laughter as well. And we're going to talk about that because Thor, when we think about the first two Thor movies, it's a little more on the serious side. Like Thor always had like a little quip here or there, but he was always like a little more um not as funny and then we got Ragnarok and that was like this is post Guardians it was like a whole new feel like Thor was fun or we were seeing more of the fun side of Thor the like 
bright, happy, just having fun side. And I remember seeing, reading an article where Chris Hemsworth was talking about like how he was talking to um, the peeps behind the scenes <laughs> at Marvel. And it was like, he really wanted to make Thor more fun. And we've seen that, like literally that progression since, since um, even a little bit before Ragnarok, um, we've seen that progression of Thor being more like light and funny and just like not taking himself so seriously, which has been interesting to watch. And so going into Thor Love and Thunder, granted, you guys know how I feel about trailers. So didn't really watch a lot of trailers for this. I have seen some. Um, I w didn't really pay attention to it. I actually haven't been paying... <laughs> And we're going to talk about this as well, since it's all related to the MCU. I haven't been paying a lot of attention to like everything in MCU in general, because there's a lot. There is a lot <laughs> going on in the MCU. And I knew it, especially this phase, like I knew it. But I think with the addition of Disney Plus and then all the TV shows, I was just like, and I talk about this all the time and it's going to tie, everything is connected. So you guys are just going to have to track with me. But like this ties a little bit into like some of the things that I was seeing from some of the articles that I did glimpse <laughs> was that um, there doesn't seem to be a cohesive story going on for phase four. And I honestly have been feeling this, but I always say like, it's Marvel. I am just going to trust that they have a plan. They know what they're, what they want to do. And I've talked about this in other things that have dropped over the last year in phase four, the TV shows and the movies where, um, I've said, like, I don't know what we're leading up to this. This phase seems very expert experimental. Um, Kevin Feige has also said, and this is where I was like, okay, did I just make up this article that I thought I read where he said that there is an end goal to phase four? We just don't know it. But then there, he also said that there wasn't going to be like another Avengers, but like, what does that really mean? And so I feel like a lot of people are taking those snippets and like creating their own <laughs> theories of what's going on. The general consensus based on everything that I've seen is that people don't know, understand what is going on in phase four. There's been some hits. There there have been some misses um, in phase four. There hasn't been as much cohesion, I will say, if we were to compare it to the first three phases. I think the first three phases, like, they knew... The, the first three phases was, like, the end goal was the last two adventure movies. And they knew that. And so everything working up to it, it was kind of like a chapter in a book where... They had their all the movies, but it all led up to an Avengers. Had all their movies, all led up to an Avengers. Had all their movies, led up to the final showdown of the two Avenger movies. And that was kind of like book close volume one. I don't even I don't even know if we would really call it a volume one. But like that closed the book on literally 10 years of just like, oh my gosh, why does it feel like it should be? It's longer than 10 years. There's a lot happening in 10 years. But that closed the like the lid on that um, volume of chapters, and now we're in new territory. And Phase Four has been a bumpy ride, and there's a lot of stuff that you have to, especially if you're like 
an MCU person where you just are like, I gotta watch all the things. There's a lot of things to watch, especially when you start to now tie in all these TV shows. And then you're like, well, how does this all connect? Are we gonna see some of these people in the movies? What are we working towards? Like, what is the end goal? What is this all leading up to? And like I said, I am just navigating this, being like, Marvel, I trust that you know what you're doing. Like, in, in the midst of it, I'm confused. <laughs> I don't know what we're working towards. I don't know what the end looks like, but I'm trusting that you guys know what the end looks like and you know what the plan is. And when we get there, we're all going to be like, oh my gosh, Marvel, like this is why you guys are, are the best or whatever. Like that's what I'm assuming we're working up to. But again, my expectations are also not going to be super high because I just feel like the body of work that we got in the first three phases like they set the bar super super high and it's very hard to continue to perform at such a high level and I think we're seeing that in this phase four where it's like not only are we exploring characters that a lot of people aren't familiar with I say this every single time I sit down at this mic and talk about a Disney plus tv show I'm like I don't even know who these who this character is but like we're going to talk about it so now you're introducing and they've always introduced like heroes and things that we may not be as popular or everyone may not know but I think it's just the sheer amount of it at one time that's happening like it's literally back to back to back to back to back um where you're like and I know you you came for Thor and we're going to we're going to talk about Thor but this is all connected because I was seeing this connected to Thor um, when we talk about how Thor performed. But um, I think just seeing all of it come back to back to back and having to keep up with it and then also being like, we're exploring new genres of storytelling. And I watch a lot of stuff. You know I watch a lot of stuff because you listen to the podcast and listen to me talk about a lot of stuff unless you just come for the MCU content, which is like, <laughs> okay, I guess. I appreciate it, but also I talk about other things. Um, but, um, and I love different genres of storytelling. So I think that's why I feel a little bit more like, oh, that's interesting to see them try to tell a story the same way. But it's at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a superhero story. It's a little form you like when you look at it um, in general, especially MCU. Like they, at this point, they should be a well-oiled machine. They pretty much know what works, what doesn't work, and they've been pumping it out. And so then I think when they start to break away from what they know works and try to um, explore telling these stories in a different way, I think we're starting to see some cracks. <laughs> in the foundation and when you start to see cracks and that's when people start asking even more questions and doubting that the um structure or the platform that the foundation is standing on is it really as stable as we think that it really is and then it also starts to bring in the question of um superhero overload overload or um what's the what are they always like fatigue superhero fatigue not gonna lie I'm I am a little bit tired <laughs> I feel like I was talking about like oh I don't think I would ever like be like 
oh, I would never watch superhero anything. Like I'm always gonna watch it because I just like watching it. But I do at this point feel a little bit like I just, my brain just wants to take a break from trying to figure out how everything is connected. <laughs> and I don't feel like I've had a real break to do that. I'm gonna talk about, and I'm gonna discuss Ms. Marvel. Um, but I literally, all the Disney Plus stuff, cause it dropped weekly, I was keeping up weekly. Miss Marvel, I was like, I can't, I can't, I need, I, I literally need a break. So I ended up watching, waiting until like the fifth episode, <laughs> envision them all, and then I'm gonna watch the final episode. Like, it's just a lot. So I think when we get to Thor, Love and Thunder, being in phase four, seeing everything that's come out on the movie side and on the TV side, feeling like there's a lot of like ambiguity, a lot of things that we don't really know or understand. It doesn't feel like there's direction. When we get to Thor, who's kind of like our only OG, OG um, hero left, you're coming in and you're excited because you're like, Thor, this is someone I know. This is someone that I love watching. Ragnarok oh my gosh that movie who would have thought based on the on the two prior movies that Ragnarok would have been as good as it was also looking at the trailers it's like oh it looks like it may be the same feel don't really know what the title and even the title was like kind of misleading you know if you think about it because it's like oh we see Natalie Portman's back as Jane and I feel like there's always been references to where she is but we, there was never like a resolution to what happened between her and Thor and so this is kind of like we get into Thor and it's like oh we're taking you back a little bit because we need to resolve this relationship which is essentially what this entire movie was was like a resolution to their relationship to answer questions that had not been answered fully in previous movies um, and so when people are like, oh, Thor, but I, I need to watch this and this and this is, I'm like, honestly, if you just watch the last Avengers movie, I think you're going to be fine. Like you don't need to watch anything else that came out between Endgame and Thor to feel like you can follow along with like Thor Love and Thunder is truly an island. <laughs> like you don't need to watch anything else. If you've just watched The Fundamentals, you are fine. So, um, and I thought that, that was interesting as well, that that was like where we went, whereas there's not too many references or <laughs> any references really to anything that was happening um, outside of, or between like Endgame and Thor. Like there wasn't even any reckoning with like, how did Thor deal with freaking Tony, wait a minute. There wasn't a guard. Yeah, no, there wasn't a guardians between Endgame and Thor because the second guardians came out before the last Avenger. See, it's all it's, it's so much it's so much stuff to keep track of. It's like literally, my brain is like, give us relief, give me relief, please. Um, but like we don't know how like how are they how are they coping like we just not even traveling around <laughs> in space pretty much effing up other worlds um and leaving chaos in their wake 
But we do see the Guardians in the beginning because, I mean, it makes sense. The last time we saw Thor, he was with the Guardians. So it makes sense that when we pick up with Thor, he's still with the Guardians. And it also makes sense that they part ways, knowing that we have a third Guardians movie coming up. I just think it would have been way too much to have the Guardians throughout this entire Thor movie and then see them in Guardians 3. Too much. So makes sense um we saw them at the beginning they parted ways we see um pretty much christian bell is gore who is our um villain <laughs> this season it was an interesting villain because he essentially lost his daughter um believing in god then was able then was overtaken um by essentially this thing that killed has the power to kill gods but in the process was also killing him because of what happened to his daughter and all that and so we just kind of see him go on this long journey of essentially killing gods and leaving um worlds in destruction and chaos and um i thought he was an interesting villain um i thought that it was interesting because you could also feel, especially towards the end, like when everything that played out before uh, he asked for his daughter back, like you could still see that pain from him losing her within him under the surface. And even when like she came back and then he like looks at Thor and is like, oh, will you take care of her and all that? But this goes to me being like, the title is kind of misleading because it's like, oh, Thor, Love and Thunder. We saw in the trailers like Jane, she's essentially becomes Thor because she gets the um, hammer, which essentially comes back. I thought how they like did the hammer and it like coming back together and then she could use it to like explode out and then come back in. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. And Jane was like a, a cool like fighter, um, but she had cancer. I was like, dang, they're going to take Jane out with cancer. Does that happen in the comics? I didn't look this up. I was like, my gosh, <laughs> like, I was not expecting it to be like, oh, Jane's dying from cancer. It was a lot. It was, it was a lot. So um, I thought that was interesting. Um, but the title was misleading because you think it's like, oh, what is essentially the story of Jane and Thor? like them resolving everything between them because they didn't really we find out that <laughs> they broke up via a handwritten letter um or was it a text i think it was a handwritten letter um and not necessarily like face to face it was pretty much them resolving all of that and their issues and um thor like finding himself and so you're like oh love and thor thunder like jane and um Thor but then it's like at the end when we get like the um the voiceover and it's like he has uh Gore's daughter and her name is love and he's like oh and they go and fight as love and thunder so I mean I whatever also that was Chris Hemsworth's real daughter <laughs> playing his uh daughter which she calls him uncle so like I guess you know, we can interpret it however we want to interpret it. Um, but that leaves open, like, possibility for um, future Thor stories. I mean, Chris Hemsworth, it seems like he still wants to be Thor. 
I know a lot of the other actors, like, they have reached their um, ending point and were like, okay, time to, like, tap out. I don't know if we will get another Thor standalone movie. I don't know that we need another standalone Thor movie. We've now ha had four standalone Thor movies more than any other standalone property. And if we look at everything that we've been getting in Phase 4, especially... Um, looking at like some of our older characters they've kind of been passing the torch in a way we got to see that with hawkeye um i'm assuming we're going to see that in she hawk so like it's kind of like what and also um what's her name black widow with her sister passing that off so like it's kind of like i don't know it just it just leaves a lot of questions <laughs> Where we're back to, I don't know what we're working towards in Phase 4. What does the end of Phase 4 look like? Um, I did read an article where Kevin Faye was talking about how, like, everyone involved in MCU, like, writers and all that were getting together to, like, plan out the next, I think, 10 years of the MCU. But I was like, I'm assuming Phase 4, it was something similar happened. This is just me being, like being optimistic that there was a plan and there is a plan in place for phase four because it's just the more I think about it the more I'm just like I don't even know and there's just so much that we have to like revisit how are we going to do it when are we going to do it like we had Eternals what happens with them how do they tie in do we see them anywhere else or are we just going to have to wait for another Eternal standalone movie? Are we even going to get another Eternal standalone movie? Because it wasn't one of the better performing Marvel properties that we got. Shang-Chi, I mean, he has Avenger-like potential. But, like, we're not getting an Avengers. Are we getting some other type of team? Like, who's going to protect the world when we need a group of people to come together for some huge thing that just one or a few of them can't do on their own? Like, a freaking... Um, Thanos-sized villain. Like, <laughs> what's going to happen? I don't know. It's just so many questions. Um, and then we had, like, I didn't even talk about Valkyrie, who's King Valkyrie over New, New Asgard. Like, she's freaking badass. And then she got, like, taken out the last minute <laughs> when um, they were fighting Gore and she had to stay behind. But then Jane, like, flew up to help and ended up flying to her death. <sighs> It was a lot. I feel like I didn't give you guys a lot about Thor, actually. Overall, I thought it was a decent movie. If you've listened to any other thing that I've discussed outside of the MCU, you know comedy is not my first love. I A lot of things that people find funny, I don't find funny. So a lot of the like funny moments in the MCU, I, I may chuckle. But like more people are laughing harder than I am. But I also felt, I kind of felt the humor in this compared to the humor in, I want to say it was Justice League, which don't torch me, but <laughs> if you go back to my thoughts on that, I, I felt, I think I said that it felt like the humor was forced a little bit. And I kind of felt that way watching Thor, where it was like, we could tell they were setting up the joke and then they were like, here's a joke, but I'm bum. It was like, oh, oh, okay. And it was just like weird pauses. 
And it just didn't seem the story, or there were some instances throughout the movie where it just felt incomplete or like there was supposed to be like something else there or that we weren't seeing the full picture and just felt a little bit disjointed to me watching it. Overall, I was like, oh, it's enjoyable, but I've seen better MCU um, movies, <laughs> even TV shows, and like better storytelling and I don't know maybe it was because it felt this to me because you know I love the complexity of the MCU as far as like everything tying in even though I'm like oh I need to give my brain a break I love the complexity of everything tying in and how does this fit in and what does this mean like I love that and I think because this Thor was so far removed from the bigger picture and we like really zoomed in like even like we can go to like and maybe that's the problem oh my gosh you guys just got a real-time eva realization <laughs> literally as i said that i was like light bulb ding 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 maybe that's the problem for me personally in phase four is that everything seems so isolated and there's not a real clear way of how it all ties together. And maybe that's why I'm having some resistance. Hmm. Could that be what it is? Maybe we're all collectively having this issue because everything seems so isolated and we're not used, used to Marvel giving us these very isolated stories we had a few that kind of tied in um wandavision uh the falcon and winter soldier uh who am i missing hawkeye a little bit but like everything else has been pretty much on its own freaking moon knight no clue how that's tying in miss marvel still a little bit confused i'm trying to save miss marvel for her own episode but like it's a lot of references, but maybe there's a payoff in the last episode. I don't know, but I'm still like, no clue. Eternals, no clue. And then also all these people who are being set up in these end credit scenes who we haven't seen, freaking Harry Styles. <laughs> we haven't seen him. I think I was reading an article that was talking about this and I took a screenshot because they literally have like a bunch of people who we've seen once in end credit scenes and then have not seen mention of since. Michelle Yao and Sylvester Stallone in the Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 end credit scenes. Will Poulter? <laughs> I don't know why I struggle with him. As Adam in the same movie. Well, did we actually see him in that? I don't remember if we actually saw him. But like there was a bunch of articles about him being in the MCU and like when is it is it Guardians 3 I don't know Donald Glover uh was in freaking Spider-Man Homecoming or I think it was just his voice Michael Mando in the same movie that I said Harry Styles as as Eros and Eternals like when is that happening um, Charlie Theron, Multiverse of Madness. I mean, that just happened. So there's that. Um, John Krasinski and Patrick Stewart in 
Multiverse of Madness. I thought that that was just fan service. <laughs> I was not expecting to see them again. I think I mentioned that when I talked about um, freaking Doctor Strange. But like, I didn't think that people thought that they were actually going to like be, I mean, they died. <laughs> and then I think I saw an article where Kevin Feige was like, oh no, that was, that was literally just for the fans. Which is like, I thought that was obvious, but you know, maybe it's just me. That's why I'm always like, am I the only one who thinks these things and no one else is like on the same page as me? So it could just be me, but I don't know. I feel like you guys are kind of filling me with Thor Love and Thunder because like these ratings are telling me that you guys are feeling the same way. And the critic score, I'm never surprised, especially like these later, these later um, entries into the MCU, just because there has been such high expectation and there was such build to the end of phase three that, and I've, and it's just seemed like every movie I've discussed in phase four, the critic score, I think Shang-Chi was pretty high, but everything else, oh, and Spider-Man, duh, was pretty high. Like Spider-Man, oh my gosh. If you haven't listened to my thoughts on that, you need to go listen to it right now after you finish this episode. But um, I think those two were the only high ones, but like Eternals, Nope. What else has come out? I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. And then the TV shows have been, as far as like critics, have been hit or miss. Um, although the Emmy nominations did just come out. And I was looking, I saw a photo. I know Moon Knight got noms. What else got noms? I have to find it. Well, a bunch of Disney Plus shows, at least like the people behind the scenes um got noms hold on okay yeah i was like i i literally just saw this today loki hawkeye moon knight and what if got nominations i don't think any of the actors did i think it was like all like sound editing uh best stunt coordination movie or spec or oh, wait yeah, I already said sound editing. Best sound mixing, like those types of. Best cinematography for a single camera series. Best original main title theme music. Uh, Hawkeye got best stunt. And what if best animated program? Oh, they got best character voiceover performance category. One for Jeffrey Wright and the other for Chadwick Boseman. But yeah, so like, I don't know. I don't know, Marvel. <laughs> I don't know. You guys tell me. How did you feel? I mean, like the, that all tracks for me. Um, I guess I can give my rating. I feel like I didn't really give you guys an in-depth. I mean, I gave you some, some of my thoughts on like Thor, but then MCU in general. But did I really dial into Thor, Love, and Thunder? No, not really. I think, or I think I did a little bit. But like, it looked great. Like, and I feel like I rarely ever have a complaint about how a Marvel movie looks. Or like the stunts or anything like that. The fight choreo. Like, I usually don't have too many. It's more on the TV side that I feel like I may have more issues. But like the movies, mm not really um but yeah I, i'm gonna give you guys my rating so 
I was like thinking about this and I was like, we're definitely in like the solid B range. I think it was enjoyable as a standalone. If I was to rate this movie against all of the other Thor movies, it would, well, that would be top three because it's only four. Um, but I think, I don't know, I put it in maybe third. And I would put Ragnarok would be one. The regular Thor I may put in two. Um, Thor Dark World. Is it Dark World? Why do I feel like I'm, I'm making that up? I would put as last. That, was, that one was a little... I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so I think, um, I think we're sitting in the solid B range as far as my rating. I've only seen this once. Um, all Marvel movies, I'm, I'm always like, I will watch it again. Um, especially like to validate if what, how I felt is really how I felt. Um, I think I would wait until it got on Disney Plus to watch it again at home. <laughs> I don't know that I would go back to the theater to watch it. Um, it wasn't long. I don't think that I mentioned that. When I looked it up to buy my tickets, it had the runtime at like just under two hours but then when I was preparing for this episode I think I saw it was two hours and five minutes either way it wasn't that long it wasn't two and a half hours or anything like that so I mean I guess that's a plus but yeah we'll leave, we'll leave it out of solid B but that's all I got for you guys let me know what you thought about Thor Love and Thunder what do you think about uh, phase four of the MCU in general. What do you want to see by the end of phase four? Let me know all the things and I will talk to you all in the next episode. That's the end of the episode. Thanks for sticking through it to the end. Be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currentlybusy on Instagram and at currentlybusy on Twitter. Also, hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcast on and I'll talk to you in the next one.